Hello and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Thursday, October 27th, 2022. I'm Mike Kachopoli. Yes, they are. Happy days are here again. Why are they here again? Because Elon Musk, Elon Musk is now the official, finally, owner of Twitter. Elon Musk, as I speak, is probably sleeping in a nice hotel, probably the Four Seasons, probably the Four Seasons Hotel uh, or something like that, (laughs) Um, as he has taken over Twitter. It is now officially his. He fired all the bad people. He fired all the bad people, and uh, he's starting fresh. That song, Happy Days Here Again, is a great song. It, is, it, it, it was really an FDR song, right, when FDR won the presidency. They would, that was his thing. That was his theme song, Happy Days Here Again. They would, and, the, and the DNC, the Democrats, would use that at their uh, conventions every year. Happy Days Are Here Again. Um, and I actually sang that song because I was in a, a, a college production of, uh, of All the Way, the LBJ, the LBJ, uh, play. And, uh, it was my job to, uh, sing it at the end of it, at the end of the play. They, we sing that song. Happy days are here again. Skies above are clear again. Let's sing a song of cheer again. Happy days are here again. And I was the lead in that whole thing, singing that song on stage. So that's the history of Happy Days Are Here Again. I just love that song. I think it's a great political song. I really do. They shouldn't have stopped playing that. That's probably why the Democratic Party went downhill, because they stopped playing Happy Days Are Here Again at their convention. Oh, my goodness. But yes, 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 it happened. It happened earlier today. Elon Musk has now taken over Twitter. And I'll go on Twitter here in a second. But... um, we're really hoping now that things will change. What's so funny is that it just happened today. Obviously, no real changes could have been made. I mean, I think within the foundation of Twitter, without within the foundation of the system there, where the robots, you know, suspend your account and all that stuff. That'll have to. That'll take some time, I'm sure, before he gets his people in there to take a look at everything, all the nooks and crannies of what's going on inside the system. But he did fire some of the top people who were. Uh, involved in the censorship of people and the person who actually made the decision to ban Donald Trump while he was president from Twitter. And so, of course, the liberals, the lefties are going going insane because we know the left hates the Constitution. They hate the First Amendment. They hate the Second Amendment. They hate every amendment and uh, they don't like free speech. So they're going crazy saying such bat crap, insane things like, oh, no, free speech, the end of democracy. This is what they say. They say Elon Musk is going to bring free speech to Twitter, and that's the end of democracy. Sure, it's the end of democracy, as they want democracy to be, right? As they want to, they want to be able to influence elections. Okay, they want, they're, 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 they're sad. They're really sad that they're going to lose this one in 11 days, and now they can't even... Their plan was at least to be able to manipulate the presidential election. 
their way on Twitter. And now, for the first time ever, they're not going to be able to manipulate the presidential election their way. They're not going to be able to ban. They're not, <laughs> they're not going to be able to ban someone who's running for president of the United States. <laughs> insanity. Total insanity. So, the, you know, they're not going to be able to ban Ron DeSantis or Trump if he comes. They're not going to be able to ban these people anymore. They're not going to be able to ban people from, on the right who have a point of view, who have a simple point of view, a conservative point of view. And so they're very upset about that. I mean, this is a huge, huge, huge thing. It really is. We talked about this months ago when this was originally going to happen. Then it looked like it wasn't going to happen. Everyone was depressed. Well, you remember when it was originally going to happen months ago, all these lefties left Twitter like we were going to miss them, right? Hey, don't let the door hit you in the ass. And then they came back because they thought that he wasn't going to take over. <laughs> now they're going to leave again. Oh, my God. It's really crazy. So we'll see. When my shadow banning is over, then we know Elon Musk is taking control. My shadow banning is not over yet. I'm still shadow banned. I'm still shadow banned. How many followers do I have? I have 6,602 followers. So, okay, I've got 6,602 followers right now. And I can post something that's really great and edgy, or I can post something like I like a banana in the morning, and I'll get maybe two likes and one retweet. Then I'll see someone with 100 followers who says something, and they get 75,000 likes and 800 million retweets. So you know that I'm being shadow banned. People simply are not seeing. What shadow banning is, is like you're on. You think you're on. You see that you're on. But they limit the amount of people who see your tweets. And remember, with Facebook, Zuckerberg admitted this happens, right? When he talked about the uh, Hunter Biden stuff and all that and the way the FBI told them, watch out for this kind of misinformation and how they shadow banned it so not as many people would see it, so it wouldn't get the access it should get. So, of course, they can do it. Zuckerberg admitted they have this technology, that they can shadow ban people and they can shadow ban certain tweets. And uh, all of mine are shadow banned. I mean, I've been shadow banned for for a long, 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 long time now. Uh, the only I was not – and proof that it's it's all left versus right – Proof that they shadow banned the right, not the left, is when I was tweeting Bernie stuff. I I was getting this is how I know I've been shadow banned. When I was tweeting out pro Bernie stuff, when I was putting out pro Democratic Party stuff, anti Trump stuff, I, I I was all over the place. I was getting tons of retweets and tons of likes. But once I started putting out more conservative tweets, let's say, uh that would not be uh, liked by the left, I have been shadow banned. No one sees anything I, I, I put out anymore. So they've done that. They've done this to millions and millions of people. I'm not saying I'm the only victim here. They put out, they, they've done this to people who have, you know, hundreds of thousands and millions of followers where they limit the amount of people that can see it. So not every one of your followers is seeing the tweets you put out. And that's the problem. It's been a problem with sharing this podcast you know, uh, sharing this podcast is difficult. It's hard to get more than three or four retweets and maybe five or six likes with 7,000 followers. So I, and I do understand that many of my followers still, I wish they'd go away, but they're still from the Bernie days. So I get it. They're not gonna, they're not gonna like or retweet a lot of the stuff I say, but still I have enough followers 
who were independents or Republicans who would retweet my stuff if they were able to see it, but they can't see it. So hopefully Musk will, because a lot of people have complained about this, right? Big name people have complained about this. And uh, I just hope that that can be just, everything needs to be cleaned, right? There needs to be a cleansing. No more shadow banning. Anyone that was banned needs to be brought back. All the accounts need to be brought back. Even if Trump doesn't want to use his account because he's got truth and it doesn't matter. Once again, if Trump runs for president again, his tweets are going to get broadcast even if they're on truth. They don't have to be on Twitter. So Trump may never come back. In fact, he said he wouldn't come back when, when Musk invited him back. So, but all those, all those counts have to be, un, you know, have to be unsuspended anyway. And then people can decide if they want to use them, but they have to be there. You can't ban the president of the United States. It's how fucking ridiculous is that? Forget about just banning a presidential candidate. You can't ban a presidential candidate. But banning the president of the United States? Give me a break. Give me a break. Have you seen, did you see them ban? I know we've been through this. I know I'm preaching to the choir. But have you seen them banning? Did they ban people? Did they ban all the false information about the vaccines? Did they ban people who lied about the vaccines? Did they ban Biden and Fauci? For saying the vaccine stopped the spread with it. Isn't that, isn't that the most information you can, isn't that the top line misinformation? Saying a vaccine will stop spread something and it doesn't at all. Isn't that top line misinformation? Isn't that easily proven misinformation now? For the last year and a half, easily proven misinformation. Yet these people were not banned. And none of their tweets, they continue. Biden just put out a tweet the other day where he was in that press conference and he said, get these vaccines because you're protecting other people. That's misinformation. Why wasn't he banned? Why wasn't there a disclaimer put on there? Well, because the people who were running it don't want to and they just got fired. They just got canned. Let's go on Twitter because on Twitter now, you know, it's exploding with people who know this is great. And now I will. This is how I know. That I have a lot of progressive followers still from the Bernie days because my, 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 I just lost five followers like in the last minute. It went from 6605 to 6602. So a lot of liberals are leaving Twitter. A lot of liberals. I'm not going to keep looking at this. It's obsessive to look at that kind of shit. But uh, that's what's happening. A lot of uh, progressives are leaving Twitter now. A lot of Democrats are leaving Twitter because they can't take the free speech. Their eyes burn. When they see the free speech, their eyes, their eyes burn and they can't take it. They cannot take the free speech. It's too much for them. It's overwhelming. It's overwhelming, this free speech. One person who claimed to be a doctor, uh, Daniel's fooling around with buttons. Anyway, the one person who claims to be a doctor said, oh, one of those, I forgot her name. In fact, I have it here. One of the people that Elon fired was Per, was was creating a safe environment was creating now i'm not talking about a workplace environment that's hr's job was creating a safe environment oh what does a safe environment on twitter mean so safety whatever that means of course they're the left so they have a different idea of what that means safety is more important than free speech feeling comfortable with what you see is so much more important than the first amendment but these people believe that because they don't believe in the first amendment they don't believe in the First Amendment. The First Amendment means I can say things like, fuck Joe Biden. I hate Joe Biden. I fucking hate that old prick. That's free speech. Now, there are certain things I can't say, you know, regarding Joe Biden and his well-being. If I put it in a certain way, that would be considered violence, would be considered illegal. And Elon Musk has said that. 
He has said things that are actually written in law that Congress has passed a long time ago that is considered violence, like you can't yell fire in a movie theater. That won't be allowed, and it shouldn't be allowed. But other stuff, but remember, stuff like I just said about F. Joe Biden, uh, Joe Biden, Brandon, that stuff was suspended. That stuff was taken down. That stuff was deleted. People lost their accounts. They were suspended for 12 hours or seven days for saying just stuff like that. That is free speech. That is the First Amendment, people. Okay? And if your eyes can't take it, or if I have an opinion, if I have an opinion, if I say in my opinion, I don't have to say in my opinion. It's, it's known to be an opinion. Everyone that writes on Twitter is writing an opinion. Okay? So if I said something to the effect of, Joe Biden is in third stage dementia. Can't you see that? That should not be suspended. That is an opinion. I'm looking at something, I'm observing something, and I have an opinion based on that observation. That should not be, that is not misinformation, okay? That is not violent speech. That is free speech protected. That is the First Amendment. And that's the kind of stuff that was taken down, that was censored, that people were getting suspended for. Just like three days ago, three days before Elon Musk took over, I simply said, Joe Biden got his fifth vaccine, once a big pharma whore, always a big pharma whore. I think that's a fact, but if you take that as an opinion, fine. I was given, they wanted to give me a 12-hour, what do you call that? When they put a timeout, kid in the corner? Because they said it was violence and bullying. How is that violence or bullying? Saying that the president takes money from big pharma his whole career. How is it, and, and, say, and calling him a big pharma whore? Who am I bullying, whores or the president? It's absolutely absurd. That is free speech protected. So if you're going to have something called the public forum, which Twitter wanted to be, so they wanted it both ways. They want a private, we're a public forum and we're a private company, so free speech, the First Amendment doesn't apply. No, you can't have it both ways. Once you become the public forum and it is known that you are the public forum, you are making a lot of money, you are very popular, your stock has gone up being the public forum, then the First Amendment and free speech has to apply. It must apply. So hopefully it'll apply now. So hopefully it will apply now. I hope. That's my hope and dream. You know, I'm sure the log, he's got to do the logarithms. He's got to go in and figure the whole thing out. And I'm sure it's going to be like when someone takes over a crooked business and they finally get to look at the books and they go, oh, my God, look at these books. I'm sure that that's what's going to happen once he puts tech people in there. But he's not really a techie guy. He doesn't he's not like kind of like a computer nerd who's going to, you know, he, he, he's going to hire people who are going to go in there and look and see all this stuff. And look at all these accounts that were suspended or deleted or shadow banned, and they're going to have to figure it out, how to clean it out and make sure that the computers don't take over the world there and, and continue to do this kind of a thing to people. So I don't know. It might take a while. But people are certainly being brazen right away. It's very funny. People are supposedly saying things now that were uh, banned in the past. Things that would make you persona non grata on Twitter. People are just going crazy now. 
I think Ben Becker and a couple of people are putting the word groomers up. Groomers, 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 because evidently if you put groomers up, you were banned. And uh, of course, you know, Ian Miller, who wrote the book on masks, is now saying, <laughs> once again, he said, and I'm saying it again now, masks don't work. Masks never work because people like Alex Berenson were banned for saying things like masks don't work and vaccines don't work. So, you know, uh, yeah. And I know, I know Daniel had just written something. He wrote, Gavin Newsom killed my father and many like him with his lockdown, yet he still has a Twitter account. He wrote that to Elon. Yes, it's absolutely true. Well, Biden just two days ago, Biden just came out and said, you got to get the booster because you're going to basically you're killing other people if you don't. The incredible misinformation, provable misinformation still up there. That tweet is still up there. And Biden has not been banned from Twitter. So we know this is one way. We know it was all done one way. They loved freedom of speech from the left. The left could lie and lie and lie and deceive and destroy. And that was fine. But if someone challenged that, they were suspended, eliminated, censored, and removed. So let's see. So people, I mean, this is just, they didn't move to Canada. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, it's, um. Yeah, Elon Musk fired several top Twitter executives, including the CEO and the person who suspended Trump. And let me see. I got their names here. I want to get their names. Their names. Let's say if you agree with me on this. Their names are like out of a Shakespeare play. They're like evil villains. Their names sound like evil villains out of a Shakespeare play. Oh, Elon Musk tweeted, the bird is freed. <laughs> the bird is freed. That's great. Yeah, masks don't work. We could say it now. Oh, here it is. Oh, yeah. Para- Agrawal and Segal. <laughs> it sounds like two villains from a Shakespeare play. Segal and Agrawal have been fired. Parang Agrawal, CEO, and CFO Ned Segal. Siegel. I like saying Segal. It sounds more ominous. Segal and Agrawal. And evidently, this Agrawal, Parag Agrawal, uh, where is that person from? Anyway, Parag Agrawal was the one who made the decision to 86 Trump from Twitter. And that's the person who supposedly created the safe environment. Oh, it's a safe environment for the liberal eye. Safe, what was, it, what was that show called? Uh, straight uh, gay eye from the straight guy or something like that. This is, what is this? The safety, safe for the liberal eye. Twitter had to be safe for the liberal eye. How ridiculous is that? Idiotic. So they're gone. They're gone, which they had to be. I mean, any first of all, any time a new owner takes over a company, the, the top people are always axed right away. Just like when a new president takes over, the people, especially most ever, all staff is gone. They're all axed. They're all 86, even the lowest level people. So this is nothing new. Like, oh, you're such a mean guy. No, this is nothing new. This is what happens all the time. When there's a new regime in baseball, when there's a new owner, a general manager, the manager's gone. The coaches are gone. It, this is just common. Idiotic. Oh, uh, Elon is firing. How dare he fire uh, people when he takes over a company? How dare he fire? How dare he fire the people, the last guy who ran and took a who hired? Make, how? Come on. This is just such nonsense. Once again, no common sense. No common sense. So, yeah, so we'll see what happens now. We'll see what happens. I don't know. I'm not taking any chances here. People are getting very ballsy writing stuff. And I think 
the algorithms are still the same. I'm sure it hasn't been changed. So it's not like Elon is looking at every tweet now and he gets to decide. The computer system is still in place. I mean, so I, I would still be careful before I went too overboard because they'll scan, the computers will scan these and, 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 uh, and randomly just delete them and suspend accounts. So we should wait a while. We should wait, I think, until Musk gives us the all clear, which, which could be a while. That could be a while. But I'm going to continue to write to him to take away my shadow ban. All right. I'm going to continue every, every day. I'm going to write to him to please remove my shadow ban until he does it. I'm also trying to get him on the podcast. I mean, I live, I live a 10 minute walk away from Twitter headquarters, right? I'm a 10 minute walk away. And I'm sure he's going to be spending a lot of time there the rest of this year. So I would like to get him on my podcast. I think he should come on my podcast. Deal is closed. Musk immediately fired the CEO. Here's the story from the Washington Post. Us 44 million deal closed tonight. Just closed early. Look at that. I can't stand. Look, the Washington Post is on this payroll. Would you, would you, paywall, would you pay a cent for the fucking Washington Post? Who would pay a cent for the Washington Post with all, all the fake news they publish? But yeah, those are the two top people that were uh, that were fired. Elon Musk says he wants speech on Twitter to be free. Okay. Oh, this is the moron. This is Alec Baldwin's moron uh, brother, half talent brother, Billy Baldwin, who said Elon Musk says he wants to be uh, on Twitter. Let's t- let's test that. He said, describe Musk in one word. Don't hold back. Well, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't do one word. All I had to say to Billy Baldwin was get off, get off, get off Elon's case. You know, it's not like he killed someone. It's not like he shot someone, right? Fucking moron. If your last name was Baldwin, would you be anywhere near social media now? Other than Steven. Steven's okay. Steven's cool. Whatever happened to Steven? But not Alec or Billy. Let's see. Steven proves that this liberal disease at least doesn't it's not it's not genetic oh let's see what else so yeah so that is the current case elon musk has now taken over twitter and we'll see where things go from here i'm optimistic i hope you are also are you optimistic or are you pessimistic elon put out this huge this big statement today saying i i've bought this not to make money in fact everyone knows he's losing money it's not worth it's not worth the money it was uh, six months ago. Their their stock has crashed, and he still gave them the exact amount of money he said he'd give them when the stock was higher. So he's not in this really to make money. I doubt this thing is worth anywhere near forty four billion dollars with all the fake accounts. Uh, I'm sure it's not worth anywhere near that. So he's basically spending all that money to actually, to, as, as cheesy as it sounds, to help humanity, right? To bring free speech to make this a real free speech forum. That's what he said he wants to do. He wants to make this a great free speech social media forum. And that's why he's doing it. So I take him at his word simply because I'm using logic. He paid a lot more than it's worth. I doubt he'll ever be able to build it up to make it worth more, though. You know, with him, you never know. He's so good at these things. But I, I, I don't see him. I, I don't see him doing this to make money. It's not like you buy something at a bottom barrel price. Like, you know, it's going to go up, right? Uh, an example would be George Steinbrenner buying the Yankees in 73 when they were at their bottom and they were worth $10 million and now they're worth billions 
knowing, of course, George wanted to win too, but knowing I'm going to make a lot of money. This is going to become incredibly profitable. I don't, that's not the case when you're spending $44 billion on something that's probably not even worth half of that. So I'm going to, I believe Elon Musk. I do. I believe him. The only question is how long is it going to take, right? Is he going to be able to weed out all those people who are working there? And he said he's not going to fire three quarters of them. There was that rumor. He said that's not happening. But all those people there, right? How do you know which ones are on your side in this endeavor and how many are not? How many still have the mindset of the old guard? Like, so weeding out those people, bringing in new people, changing the f- system, changing the algorithms. That is where I'm just a little queasy about. I, I don't know if he'll do it, if he'll be able to do it, and how long it's going to take. But I, I do think his heart is in the right place here. I do think his heart is in the right place. So I'm, I'm going to give him a shot. I, and if you want to call in and tell me whether you think, you know, he can do it or not, or if he's being legit or not, you let me know. But that happened earlier today after I put up the heading of the show, which is this countdown, which I'd like to do until November 8th. And it's now 12 days away till the election. And uh, asking people if they vote early, because the idea of early voting might sound great. Oh, it's so, so great. Democracy, more people voting. Great. More of a chance to vote. Great. But look at the Fetterman Oz issue, right? Look at that. Early voting started like two weeks ago, right? Now, the Fetterman campaign on purpose set up this debate for two weeks into early voting. They did it on purpose because they wanted to get the early voting in before people saw what he was like, which brings up that fact about early voting. Maybe early voting is not such a good idea. When the people start voting, they don't have, they haven't even seen a debate. They haven't even seen the candidates they're voting on debate. Is that fair? Is that right? So you could do this a couple of ways. You could say, you could easily make a law. The legislatures in each state can make a law saying, if you're going to have early voting, you must have at least one debate before the first day of early voting. That would be a very easy thing to pass. That would be a very easy law to, to bring up to try to pass, I would think, and very fair. Yes, you can have early voting, but you got to have at least one public debate before early voting starts. I think that's more than fair. The only other side is get rid of early voting. Get rid of it. Have one day. Make it a federal holiday. You give people 14 hours to vote on a federal holiday, and that's it. Okay? Unless you can do the old way of early voting, which was absentee ballots. That's always an option also. But this idea of just sending, like in California, sending everyone a ballot a month ahead of time, whether they ask for it or not, or setting up polling places for a month, should not be allowed unless the people are allowed to see the two candidates debate before the first votes are cast, because that's what you've had in Pennsylvania. You had a very cynical Seth Fetterman campaign who knew he was a disaster, but also knew they had to do at least one debate, and so would only agree to it halfway into early voting. So they get all those early votes, and that's what they're hoping on. They're hoping that those early votes were enough to put them over the top. I don't think it will, simply because the polls, even before the debate, were like a 50-50 proposition. It was considered a toss-up on 538 even before the debate. So it's not like he was a heavy favorite before the debate. So I'm going to say that the that, that two-week period is not going to kill Oz, and that you'll have plenty of people voting in the next two weeks on Election Day. And everything was tight to begin with. 
But still, that's why they did that. That's why they did that. To get as many free votes, meaning that people did not see their candidate. People did not see the person they're voting for. And that's not right. It's not fair. So I think it'll be very easy to simply pass a law that if you want early voting, you must have at least one public debate before the voting starts. And that's my opinion. I mean, I have voted early in the past, usually when I'm not sure if I'm going to be around on election day. I don't like voting by mail. I've never done that. What I usually do here in San Francisco is I usually go to City Hall to an early voting that they have there. And I've done, I've done that before. I've done that before when I've, let's put it this way. I've also done that before when I'm really optimistic, when I really want to get my votes in, right? When it was Bernie versus Hillary, Bernie versus uh, Biden. I wanted to get my vote in the first day, get it over with. So I went to early voting. This year I'm not because other than voting no on H, if you're in San Francisco, you want to vote no on H. And I'll, I'll, I'll actually talk about that a few more times before the 8th. H, Proposition H here in San Francisco, and if you have anything similar to this anywhere you are, is pushing back the city elections from 2023 to 2024. Now, the reason why they want to do that is because more people vote in a presidential election and an off-year election. And in a place like San Francisco, right, they know that will get the Democrats out to vote. So in other words, you have a better chance if you're an incumbent Democrat in San Francisco, you have a better chance of winning if you're on a presidential election ballot as opposed to an off-year ballot where the voter, where you might get 20% voter turnout instead of 60% voter turnout. So that's what they want to do. Also, also, obviously, what it obviously does is it gives them a, a now a free year in office. In other words, the mayor, any other office that's up for re-election in 2023 gets pushed back to 2024. So that person like the mayor, gets a free year. They get a five-year term instead of a four-year term, which means, in the case of San Francisco, an extra $350,000 in the bank also. It's a total scam job. It's a total scam job thought up by ultra-progressive lefty loony Dean Preston, who wants his friends to get an extra year in office and wants to ensure that the incumbents he likes are in a presidential election year, not an off year, when they can possibly be beaten because voter turnout is not as high as it is in a in a, in a presidential election year. So, and this, this is obviously ridiculous. There are off year elections for a reason. There's no reason not to have offices running in off years. Not everything has to be in a midterm election or a presidential election. And also, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. This is not broke, okay? <laughs> There are plenty of elections in odd years, odd-numbered years. But they don't all have to be in even-numbered years. We don't need to reinvent this thing. There's no reason for it. This is the way the election is set up. It was a four-year term. It was not a five-year term. People voted on a four-year term, for, not a five-year term. This isn't, this isn't Great Britain. So it's bullshit. I, I'd vote no on H. Absolutely no, no, no on H. And, of course, I'm voting for John Dennis, who's running for Congress against Nancy Pelosi. Those are my two big, and obviously I'll vote for a Republican running against Newsom and all that, Brian Dahl. I'll vote for all these people. But, it's, you know, it's not one of those, I, I know how difficult it's going to be, except for Proposition H, which I hope can be defeated, which I think we can defeat. Everything else is very difficult. So I'm not like that enthusiastic voting in San Francisco because there's not much of a chance my side's going to win on any of the elected offices. So, this year, I'll just vote on Election Day. I'll go on November 8th, and I'll, I'll vote for Republicans, and I'll vote no on H. 
And that's the way I'm going to do it this year. And I kind of like the idea of going on election day. I do. I like the idea that it's one day you go to your local polling place, which is, you know, literally a block away from where I live instead of having to slap the city hall and uh, vote. And that's it. I, I think that's a great I think it's a, to me, it's like a ritual. You know, I have friends who like get up early in the morning and are the first online when the polling place is open. And it's a ritual they've done all their lives. And I don't think there's any problem with voting on Election Day. And I truly don't believe if we make it a federal holiday, why people just can't vote that one day. I, that I don't understand. I don't get it. All right. People go to Starbucks every day. <laughs> people go to Starbucks seven days a week. Right. They have no problem doing that routine of going to Starbucks to get their latte seven days a week. OK. Yet they can't go once a freaking year on Election Day to vote. I, I, it, it, it makes no sense to me. It makes zero, zero sense to me. The only thing that it makes sense to me is people who work, even though they give you the whole day, you know, they give you from, you know, six in the morning till seven at night. I can't see why anyone really can't get away, but I understand the lines are long sometimes and that's a problem. But if we made it a, a, a federal holiday, then there'd be no excuse. People wouldn't have to work. They wouldn't have to get back to work. I think that's the number one excuse people leaving lines is they need to go back to work. So that would take care of that. That would take care of that situation. I mean, there are so many things we can do with legislation, right? Isn't this common sense legislation? Make Election Day a federal holiday. And if you're going to have early voting, make sure there's at least one public debate before the first votes are cast. I think this is so fucking easy. All right. They're easy, common sense things that I think would really clear a lot of this stuff up and make uh, early voting uh, a lot more, uh, you know, uh, palatable to, to people. Okay. The boosters, the boosters, the boosters, the buy, buy valent boosters, buy valent boosters. I, I remember when we just had, you know, vaccines and flu shots, right? We had vaccines and flu shots. Now we have all these ridiculous things like buy valent boosters. Buy valent boosters can't even generate more. And this is the funniest thing. The buy valent booster can't even generate more antibodies than the old booster, meaning it's just as useless as the other vaccines. This is from Vinny Prasad. Uh, this is what happens when you foolishly approve based on mouse studies. It was, I think it was eight blind mice. Not to mention no one has shown any clinical benefit. White House COVID advisors should be fired, he said. So, yeah, so as it turns out, these are, are as shitty, if not shittier, than all of these shots that have come before them. You know? And so this is not a surprise. Really, this is not, is it a surprise when it was tested on eight mice? Just eight mice, nothing else? No human trials. Why is it a shock when these things don't work? Why is it a shock when these things are useless? To me, it's not a shock. It's a shock. What's the shock is that they're allowed to be out there. What's a shock is that they're allowed to be put in people, humans' arms when they've never been tried on humans. That is what I find disgusting. That big farmer can make all of this money off of this shit, this crap, this poison. And continue to produce this stuff. And no one is stopping them from doing this. No one is stopping them from producing this stuff and making billions of dollars and watching this stock go up. That is what must end in January when Republicans take over. When Republicans take over in January, all this has to end. Not only do we have to have hearings of what happened over the last three years, but the, produ the production of these vaccines needs to stop. 
The production of these vaccines need to be made illegal by Congress. The production of the stuff must end. There cannot be a sixth, a seventh, and eighth booster. This cannot go on every six months or every year. That all has to stop. Period. Their profit machine has to end in January. It has to end. And if Republicans don't do this stuff, I won't vote for them again either. Because this is vitally important. Vitally important. Must end. There's a, uh, before I forget, Chuck Schumer. (laughs) Chuck Schumer, have you seen this? Chuck Schumer was caught on hot mic talking to Biden at a recent event. And Schumer was heard saying something to the effect of, we're fucked. (laughs) Paraphrasing. But it was something to the effect of, Fetterman's in trouble after that debate, and we're losing Georgia. So they caught this on hot mic. Basically, here it is. Chuck Schumer says Democrats are tanking in Georgia. Here, let's see if, oh, this, let's see if you can hear this. Can we hear this? Let's see. No, forget it. You can't hear it. It's not going to work on, on, on this podcast. It's on hot mic. But basically, he's talking to Biden, and he's saying that the Fetterman debate was a disaster, and that's going to hurt him, and that Herschel Walker in the latest debate, in the latest polls, is surging. So basically losing Georgia and losing Pennsylvania. And they know that if they lose Georgia and Pennsylvania, they lose the Senate. Those are two of, of a four seats that are up for grabs, that if the Republicans win two of them, they get the 51. So if they lose, if the Republicans, if Herschel Walker wins and Oz wins, the Republicans get 51 and they take over the Senate. Now, there's a very good chance, as Real Clear Politics believes right now, they'll win all four, which is why they get the 53. But 51 is enough to control the Senate, and that looks like it would take a miracle for the, for the Democrats to pull those out. Not a shock. Not a shock at all, really. Fetterman's a horrible candidate, right? We know the many reasons why. And Warnock is a horrible candidate. He barely won the first time. It was kind of shocking that he won the first time. So Herschel Walker is a name. He's a name. Dr. Oz, these were very, it was very smart for the Republican Party to put up these people, okay? They're recognized names. They're not, and they're recognized not as po- lifetime political people, but outside the political spectrum, which is what people want nowadays. People want these outsiders. They don't want the same old, same old again. And so they're good candidates, they speak well, they present themselves well, and that's smart. You don't have to even talk about, when you're talking about politics, you don't have to talk about their issues. Now, I agree with a lot of the issues they talk about. I have no problem with either of them. But what's very important is, is their presentation, right, and their name recognition, and they're both very good. So it's not a shock to me that Herschel Walker, the Republicans have just fielded better candidates. The, Rep- the Democrats have, have fielded meh. Candidates, and that's the problem. They really have, you know, wishy-washy candidates, and the Republicans haven't. They've 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 run very good candidates with a very strong point of view, and that's what you need. And unafraid to express that point of view, I've I've heard Herschel Walker talk many times, and Oz talk many times over the last year, and I'm really impressed. I'm really really impressed. 
The only thing that bothered me about Herschel Walker is his very thick Georgia accent, but if, obviously that's not going <laughs> to hurt him in Georgia because that, that works for him in Georgia because he sounds like a real person. He sounds like real people speak in Georgia, especially outside of the Atlanta Metroplex. So I, I think he he's he's come across as one of them, and I think he's going to win big, and I think Oz is going to win big, and therefore the Republicans will win the Senate. Very important. Very important, I tell you. Um, let's see. What else do we have? Yeah, so that is the, the hot mic thing was a great story. It really was. The hot mic thing. It's amazing that people like Biden and Schumer, who have been around since the beginning of time, since since the days of the cavemen, how, how they don't know about this stuff by now. Not to talk around the microphone. That basically, here, here's a good, I, I think this is a good rule to live by. Wherever the president is, is probably going to be a microphone, except for like maybe in his bedroom, thankfully. But wherever the president is out in public, assume there's a microphone nearby, right? Come on, man. People have something called Chuck. I know you have trouble seeing, but people have something called cell phones. Everyone's got a cell phone out on record when they're near the president, hoping he'll say something that they can record. And there you go speaking to him about this stuff that you don't want public. You don't want it known publicly two weeks before the election that you think you're going to lose. It shocks me, these guys. How many times in the last decade have we seen people being caught on hot mics? It seems to happen all the time. It happens all the time. I don't get it. I I just don't fucking get it. I really don't. I really don't. Here's another story. I'm sorry I'm going back and forth on things, but going back and forth in the election to COVID. But Phil Holloway, who's also very good on Twitter, says a potentially deadly fungal lung infections, potentially deadly fungal infections climbed during COVID. Uh, why do you think that is? As he said, I'm sure it had absolutely nothing to do with kids wearing warm, wet, and damp masks over their mouths and noses. Potentially deadly fungal infections climbed during the pandemic. Public health officials say it's a health concern worldwide. Wow. The World Health Organization, also known as the WHO, on Tuesday warned that reported invasive fungal infections increased significantly during the COVID pandemic. Fungal pathogens. Now, we know where they come from. We know this actually happened in 1918. There was, a, there was tons of this in 1918. Why? Because they wore those disgusting cloth masks. And musky and humidity and dirt and grime. And look at kids. Forget about kids. How about kids? What do kids do with those masks, right? They, they put them in their hands. They put them in the dirt. They sit on them. Then they put them on their faces. Think of how disgusting that was. Think of how disgusting that was. And all of the germs that went in, into their system, into their nose and their mouths from these disgusting masks, these disgusting masks that you would see Littered all over the streets. Littered all over the streets. In the sewer system. Going into the ocean. From these great environmentalists. Oh, they're great virtue signaling environmentalists. So that's happening now. Another, what what, 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 what word Fauci used? What is the word Fauci used? Collateral? Oh, oh, we knew. Oh, it's unfortunate. There's collateral damage. This collateral damage to things we just had to do. We had nothing else to do. We couldn't do it any other way. Fucking moron. 
And we'll hear more and more of this. We'll hear more. This is why I think as big as Republicans going to win now, in two years from now, with, with all this more devastation we're going to find out from this stuff, I think 24 could be even bigger. I mean, we could have a DeSantis president with a Senate of 55 to 60 Republicans and a House with a 50 to 70 seat majority. And that would be tremendous. Then DeSantis could actually get things done. He could actually get things done. Kyle Becker, once again, being very bold, Kyle, on Twitter, now that the big bad wolf is gone. In summary, the 2020 election was rigged. I don't necessarily agree with all of these, but you could make a, a, a statement. You could you could make a case for that. Hunter's, Hunter Biden's laptop is real. Agree with that. Uh, January 6th was set up, maybe, partially. COVID vaccines were fraud, absolutely. Mass never worked, absolutely. SARS-CoV-2 was made in the lab, absolutely. U.S. should stay out of Ukraine, absolutely. Trump should be on Twitter, absolutely. And Fauci should be in jail, 100%. So I agree on most of that. But once again, he's putting up all stuff that would get you banned in the past and hopefully never will again. So... um Yes, this is this in, in, in fantastic, fantastic news. It really is fantastic news that Elon Musk has taken over Twitter. And we can only do. Now, look at this. This is this is once again, we're talking about misinformation here. Here, this is Biden today. This is Biden today. OK, the most common price of gas in America is three thirty nine. Well, that's true. Down from over five dollars when I took office, the price was two thirty three when he took office. So the price was two thirty three when he took office, and he's saying it was five. So why isn't he banned for misinformation? Why isn't he banned for misinformation? What else is he going to say? What's the next thing he's going to say? Inflation is eight down from ten when I took office when it was one. This is what Biden said today. Gas was over $5 on January 20th, 2021, when it was $2.33 on January 20th, 2021. So why is he not banned? Why? This is what I want to know. Daniel, shouldn't he be banned for misinformation for saying that? Oh, you know, you know who should be banned? Um, most most uh, advertisers on YouTube, um, th- this is something that it, it's really strange that nobody has, has really talked about this. It is just really, really bizarre. But you most ads on YouTube, um, they're for, you know, hair products, you know, that are that, that guaranteed to regrow, regrow hair. Well, minoxidil works for, for quite a few people. Um, but th- the crap that they're selling on YouTube, nah, it, it doesn't have minoxidil in it. It's just, just, just junk. They've got nutritional supplements, all of which claim all kinds of things that are just absolute quackery. Um, it goes on and on and on. Most of their ads, most of the advertisement on YouTube is misinformation. Nobody has been saying, hey, you, you know, you, you got to hold them accountable, too. No, it's just, it, nobody at all has brought this up. And this is, this has been so bizarre to me over this whole discussion about uh, misinformation. It, it's it's just surreal to me. Well, uh, yeah, because, look, if they only allowed ads that were actually true, they'd be no money. <laughs> there'd be no advertisements. They- 
<laughs> yeah, of, of course. So it's not about mis. So, so it's not about misinformation. No, of course not. I, and, and it never was. But 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 and we all know that. But the fact that there's this obvious thing happening every few minutes on YouTube. They're blocking out people for so-called misinformation, most of which was actually uh, ahead of its time, or should we say, at least uh, with respect to YouTube. Um, it, they're blocking out left and right uh, uh, YouTubers for misinformation when they're every two to three minutes. Oh, how often is it? Every five minutes or so, they're breaking in with um, an advertisement that's just total, total bunk. Yeah, I mean, uh, yes. I mean, most of the ads you see, he, here's what they would say. OK, they would say that by this year, 2022, and as savvy as most people should be, that all ads should be taken with a grain of salt. And listen to me, and, and you should look into it more yourself. But there is exactly the point many of us have made about things that are said on social media. You should have the you should have the now the, the wherewithal to know that you should always look up your own information. You should do some investigation. It might only take 10, 15 minutes to find out if what you're seeing actually has some kind of factual backing to it or whether it's a total fantasy. So in other words, none of it really, Daniel, I don't think any of it should really be banned. You know what I'm saying? It should, it should, there just needs to be consistency. If you're allowing these ads in which you're saying, well, people should know to investigate something before they buy something or invest in something, I could say the exact same thing about someone seeing something, an opinion on Twitter. Allow all of it and let adults look into things themselves and do their own investigation, and then they can decide where they want to, just like they can decide where they want to buy something that's on television, they can decide whether they want to buy into a theory. You see, it's the same thing, but they are just hypocrites. They'll say, oh, the ads are fine, but these, these, these opinions, thoughts and ideas on social media should be banned and censored. Over and over and right. over again, we have learned since, since the beginning of this country and the right of this constitution, over and over again, we have learned that the cure to, to bad speech is more speech. It's never to censor. Yeah, and, and the cure to a bad product doesn't work is a good product that does work. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that, that's what I, I see stuff all the time on TV. The most, the thing I see the most are ads for like uh, medicines that help you sleep, right? Medications, pills, liquids, gels <laughs> that help you go to sleep. And I, I've always thought, oh man, I wish I could find something that would really make me sleep well because I have trouble sleeping. And every time I see it, I'll look and I'll go online and I'll look at ads, I'll look at reviews. And 99% of the time, people will say this doesn't work. It doesn't work. And you'll see, you know, people with medical backgrounds saying those ingredients aren't enough. They're not good enough. They don't do anything. It's all garbage. And so, but I do my, but I do my own research. It doesn't take very long and I don't spend the money. So if you don't do your research and you just spend the money, that's on you, isn't it? It really is. Like buying into anything that you don't do the research on. You know, you, you should have a, enough of a brain we have the internet where you can go on and do your own investigations. Yeah, um, it's going to be uh, interesting to see what pans out over the next um, few weeks after all the talk regarding uh, Musk buying Twitter. It's going to be interesting to see what actually does happen. Um, ho hopefully it's um, a big um, lurch toward free speech. 
and um, and I'm going to be, if it is, I'm going to be just sapping up those um, illiberal tears as they cry about people having the ability to actually raise their voices. Are you, are you optimistic it's going to get better? I, I am actually optimistic, I mean, uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm always a cynic, um, and that's healthy. Um, and um, so I'll wait and see, but I, I, I can't be optimistic, though, and I am. Well, what's good is that he fired these people right off the bat, right? right. That's yeah, a good right, sign, right. yeah. Right off the bat, goodbye. There's no, I'm yeah. giving you a second chance. There's no, blah, blah. No, you're gone. We know, we know what you're about. We know what you've done. Goodbye. So that's a very good sign right away, you know. And now I really want to start a, a selfish personal campaign to get Elon Musk on my, on my podcast. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think you should use your connections through your uh, benefactor, David Sachs. There, and, uh, <laughs> oh, who's paying me all this money? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah because David Sachs knows it's, that's like three degrees of separation. Is that three degrees of separation? Yeah, so he. Three? Oh, God, he's, got, he's, he's probably one degree there. He could yes, hook you up. You're right, David. You know what? Yeah. David should get Elon Musk to do every show on call in. Why not? That's the. Look, yeah. the fact of the matter is, Colin is based in San Francisco. Twitter is based in San Francisco. Sachs lives here. Musk is now probably not going to live here. I hope not. But he's probably, for his own good, but he's going to spend a lot of time here now. Like I say, he's probably got the penthouse at the Fairmont or the Four Seasons for a while. I'm not, I'm not saying he's got to invite me over. I'm not saying that. But, but uh, you know, come on the show, man. I'll, I'll go down to Twitter with my little iPhone and we'll do an hour-long uh, interview walking around Twitter. Why not? Why not do it? Do it. He should do it. I think he should. So yeah. Ed, yeah. So you might want to fill, might want to fill in your bombard. You might want to fill. Whoops. Sorry. <laughs> you, you you might want to fill in your listeners why we're about why we're talking about David Sachs, well, <laughs> a name that none of us really heard, knew until a, week uh, ago. a caller last week, earlier this week, called in and said, uh, uh, accused me of taking all this money from david Sachs, and i had never heard who david Sachs was and i think i did i think i had heard of him in the past but I, it wasn't in my mind and david Sachs is the owner of colin the network we're on right now he's he's the founder and he lives in san francisco and is based in san francisco i didn't know any of that but this guy assumed because i am a democrat turned republican that david Sachs has or, or i shouldn't even say that i'm i'm a i'm a liberal what am i what am i daniel a liberal turned uh, turn libertarian, whatever it may be, whatever it may be. He assumed you're, you're, you're not an right. illiberal. That's yeah. the most I have common sense. Thing. I have common sense. It's not allowed. Since I have common sense, David Sachs hired me to have common sense. He's, he's paying me to do these shows. He's, I'm, I'm bought and sold to David Sachs when I never heard the fucking guy. But anyway, uh, now that I know he owns Colin, uh, I want to say that my favorite CEO in the world is David Sachs, right? Oh, mine too. Yeah, and, and I think we should be uh, be uh, um, lobbying him out in front of his house, wherever the hell he was, um, to to uh, yeah to actually be a benefactor of the <laughs> show. And uh, yeah, and 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 while we're at it, to uh, to get to get, get Musk let's on. get yeah. let's get go, searching for Elon. I'm going to do a little documentary called Searching Find Him. <laughs> well, actually, I think if I go, if we stand in front, of, if you and I stand in front of Twitter headquarters, we'll probably see him at some point, right? We can at least get a selfie, if nothing else. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's let's do it. Yeah, <laughs> you are you you walk, Dan, not, you not, walk around this. Nothing else. Nothing else is happening downtown in San Francisco. Why not? <laughs> Daniel, you, you walk around. I'll get to you in a second. Useless Oaf. Come back on. I'll, I'll get you in a second. But there you go, Daniel. Uh, you walk around the city so much. Just pass by 
Twitter headquarters a few times during the week. See if you see him. Oh, yeah, it's kind of dangerous over in that area. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he's got about 20 people guarding him. I'm da- I, I guarantee Elon yeah, he- doesn't walk down the street the way you do. <laughs> I wouldn't think so. I would hope not. Well, you, you, I, I doubt that he's stepping. He's probably got the red carpets rolled out in front of him. He's probably not stepping over as many bodies. And if they are, they're probably under the exactly. red carpet. Yeah. If I roll right over the you top. Know, Daniel, them. thanks for calling. Let me get to you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Okay. All right. Uh, hello. You sli- Where did you go? Oh, there you are. Hold on. Let me get you back on there. Hello. You, you with, are you with us? Hey, Mike. It was Fat Fingers. Yes, I apologize. <laughs> I, I wanted to have a quick um, offer a bit of uh, my opinion on why why Biden and anyone else can bullshit this much, right? It's it's basically it's pretty basic. There is it's just simply that we're in a kind of Orwellian system where they have stitched up all of the media outlets to the point where they have no accountability in any way for what they say. No nobody can take any news, any mainstream news to significant excuse me significant task for producing falsehoods. Kyle Rittenhouse is probably the most egregious recent individual in terms of being a victim to open media falsehood. You know, they called him a a white supremacist. That doesn't appear to be true. They called him a murderer. That was proven to not be true. And um, they, they, and this was all before his trial, which would have all arguably tainted his trial. And yet not a single one of them has been taken to task unless Kyle Rittenhouse can pull off uh, defamation claims. Now, if 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 that if the media can do that to him with impunity, and they're all owned by via essentially the corporations, small number of corporations and big tech as the platforms that essentially control speech, then any politician is free to lie their tits off, and that's that's why you get frustrated seeing seeing Joe Biden say literally falsehoods because there is no way to hold him accountable for lies. Yeah, it's it's it, it it's it's just look, the hypocrisy is just absolutely stunning. It's just stunning how how hypocritical the left is, you know, how they banned Trump, right? They banned Trump because he's spreading misinformation. When Trump never spread really information, he spread his opinions about people. That's all he did, right? Trump would say Chuck Schumer is an is a is a loser. Oh, you've got to be banned for that. Why? There's just an opinion about someone. This guy Biden is spreading actual misinformation about the gas prices, saying they were five dollars when he took over when they were two thousand thirty cents, and which of course is easily proven. You could prove that is wrong in one minute. And then he says two days ago the same thing he said two years ago. Get these vaccines because if not, you're you're killing other people. How does he get? That's a dangerous, a dangerous lie. Mm. How does he? Why is Biden allowed to continue to put things on Twitter? Why? But yeah, but also, I mean, I mean, it's not, it's not in hypocrisy. Is not the complete, the complete explanation because there is clear hypocrisy. For example, it is hypocritical to say. Um, for, for Trump to say, I'm doing Operation Wall Street, we're going to get these vaccines out. And then for, for the establishment to say, we'll never take a Trump vaccine 
and then as soon as he loses an office, they continue with warp speed and then take Trump <laughs> yeah, vaccine. Yeah. That's insane, isn't right. it, right? That's, that's completely insane, but it tells you something. It tells you that, as other people have said, the faces change, but the policies stay the same because political trajectory has got nothing to do with the figureheads. It's all about the underlying constant political trajectory. But part of that is this managed theatre of, of, of what is Orwellian speech. You know, we're now into this, we're now into an era of complete speech and mind control um, through all of our tech platforms, all of our media platforms, and now identity politics. These are all facets of the 1984 new speak, double think kind of thought crime process that we're in now. Yeah, of course it is. This is this is this is 1984. I, I've called this 1984 on steroids. You know, that's basically mm. what this is. This is. I don't think Orwell Orwell could have really thought up this. I mean, this is just some of these things we're seeing now are just are just so absolutely frightening. They really are absolutely frightening. Um, and 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 the problem is the problem is they're so obviously anti-American, whatever you want to say, anti 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 UK. They're anti freedom. They're anti democracy. Yeah, I shouldn't anti- say Americans. Yeah. Sometimes we have a, Americans, we have a, a habit of doing that. I remember once I went into Canada and I was going through customs and the customs agent asked something about my citizenship and I said, American. And he said, we're all Americans. And he's right, right? North America, <laughs> he's right. But we, 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 can, we Americans have a way of doing that sometimes. But anyway, anti-democracy, anti, anti-freedom, you know, this is the problem. There's no one out there. All right, Elon Musk is doing something about it, right? He is. He's doing something about it. He, he spent $44 billion, crazy, to do something about this, or to try to do something about this. But that's like step one, I guess. I mean, I there's not enough being done to stop this momentum they have of taking away our rights and taking away our freedoms. You know, maybe I'm being too cynical. Maybe Musk buying Twitter is a good step. The Republicans winning Congress, maybe that's a good step. But there's just too many of these forces of evil out there that the, 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 the uh, Klaus Schwab's out there with a lot of influence and a lot of power and a lot of money who believe in this new world order nonsense, this craziness of the Great Reset. And I don't think that Elon Musk or Republicans are going to stop them from at least continuing to try to do this. Do you? Um, so, no, I, I believe that the corporatist agenda and structure and everything else about how society and how political power, wealth and control manifests is so ingrained that most average people don't really understand it. it there, are, there are structures that are laid out like the global public-private partnership is a, is a structural representation of aspects of it, but it doesn't include, it, it mainly shows you how corporate power and central bank power is really where policy comes from. And then it cascades down ultimately through government and then the media into the shit-eating public, for want of a better way of putting it, according to this model, right? But most people don't know about that. And when you see it, and then you see how, oh, shit, okay, the, the world makes a lot more sense when you look at it through this particular model, but it doesn't cover everything. It doesn't cover the CIA, the FBI, security, intelligence state at all. It doesn't include aspects of the deep state, that you know, what people would call a deep state. And for example, you know, you, you mentioned January the 6th. You know, on one hand, I was talking to somebody about this the other day, and on one hand, as an outside observer, January the 6th, to me, looks like a semi-legitimate 
protest. All these people going to the capital and hanging out outside and, and shouting at it, calling it out. Fine, that's legitimate protest, isn't it? But the FBI fomented, using adjunct provocateurs, people going in. And, th and, and that is a, a clear state um, technique for delegitimizing the protest by manipulating the crowd to cross a legal line. And the FBI, its entire modus operandi is to do that to citizens constantly to undermine citizen power. And, and, and yet it's, it's not been taken down. And, and hopefully some of what's going to happen over the next few years is going to wake more people up to these kind of crazy things that the FBI, for example, does. And hopefully some more people will start to challenge it, but I'm not holding my breath. Well, uh, I, I think that's true. You're right. I think January 6th was a legitimate protest, just gone a little bad. You know, and that's, once again, the hypocrisy of the, of the left is that you had a legitimate protest. People have the right to protest outside the Capitol. People have the right to believe the election was stolen, okay? Even if it wasn't stolen, people have the right to believe that. That's their, that's their, their belief system that's allowed in this, in this country, right? So they're allowed to go out there and protest that. Okay, fine, get out of their system. Now, where it went bad, obviously, is the breaking into the Capitol. Obviously, that's an illegal act. And everyone I know on the right has said it was an illegal act, okay? And those people should have been arrested for that. No one has said it wasn't illegal. No one has said they shouldn't have been arrested. No one has said that. Yet you have the, the George Floyd riots of the summer of 2020 that went on far longer than a few hours where, they, where there was looting, where there was killing, where there was robbing, where there was raping, where there was shooting, where there were police killed, where there were civilians killed, where there was blocks are burning, Walgreens and drugstores and family businesses burning. And the Democrats said nothing. Never once did they say, I didn't hear any Democrats say that was wrong. I didn't hear one Democrat say all those people should be locked up. Okay. I didn't hear any Democrats saying we must stop this now. Stop this now. Not one of them. They wanted Trump to come out and say, stop that. But not one Democrat that I know of, not one journalist, not one politician has said those people were wrong, has said that was wrong. All they said was, the usual bullshit the left says, which is, oh, people are in a rage. They're in a rage. They're mad. They're angry. Well, see, the left is allowed to be angry and the right's not allowed to be angry. And when the right gets angry and a little, a little bit over the top, oh, they're so violent. But the left, of course, their violence is always justified because of oppression and anger and rage. Ugh, it's, it's so disgusting. It's so disgusting. Mm. But just in those two instances of the summer of 2020 and January 6, 2021, they were what? They were six months apart. You can see the hypocrisy of the left, the absolute hypocrisy that they want to investigate what happened on one fucking day. OK, in the state, in the capital. And there's no investigations of the, of the, of the summer of 2020 riots. None. Nothing. Hmm. Zero. But even but even even the investigations of January the 6th are showing up. Illegitimate state corruption. So there were there are there are groups of FBI agents in shorts and caps and shit, looking a bit agentish, who were basically fomented the the crowd to go in. And then there's that guy Ray Epps, who is clearly uh, an agent who was on video inciting people constantly for 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 a long period of time. And he is he he he's known to be an individual who has not been picked up, right? It's like okay. The, the, this stinks instantly and um what what frustrates me though on a citizen level is that the mob is really stupid 
they are really, really stupid and they have not evolved because what they know is they know that if they turn up at a protest, they are being surveilled on video and with mobile phone technology, right? So if you turn up with your smartphone and no mask, you are recorded completely and the state knows it, it was you who turned up at these protests. What the, what the mob needs to do is it needs to turn up at protests with a burner phone and a V for Vendetta mask on. And when, when the mob does that in significant number, the state will begin to shit itself because what it will realise is that the mob has evolved and it now cannot um, hunt people after the fact. And its surveillance control system is, is, is less uh, effective. And that's what people need to learn. And if they don't learn that, then they will always be arrested and protest will mean nothing. Yeah, I mean, when there are protests in London, I'm sure there are often protests in London, right? What is the general, I know this is a very, I guess, macro question, but what's the general response of the media? Does it matter if it's a right-wing protest or a left-wing protest? Do you see that the coverage is more fair? Because like I said, a big problem here was that most of the media, the left-wing media, were calling the January, were calling the summer of 2020 protests peaceful, <laughs> even though there are images of blocks burning and people were shot and killed. And of course, January 6th was this violent <clears throat> insurrection in which the only person that was killed was one of the protesters. So how, how, is, it usually, yeah, okay. how is it usually covered in the UK? Right, so it's 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 clearly biased, and the only two the only two clear examples I can give you are anti-COVID policy demonstrations, which were there were loads of them, and they went from the te initially the tens to hundreds of thousands up to the million, okay, and the and and news complete basically completely refused to report on them, and then uh, there was no live TV coverage of any of them at all. And then eventually, at the real height of them, the, 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 the press finally started to admit there were some thousands out. But they would always try to um, skew it by saying that there were a few thousand anti-vaxxers, tinfoil hat-wearing people. And then they would start citing some kind of conspiracy theory, claiming that the crowd was out because the crowd believed in these conspiracy theories. It was bullshit, right? right? Now, the other, the other um, notably publicised um, protests in Britain are environmental and they get excessive, disproportionate coverage. So all these pricks now doing just stop oil. I mean, just stop oil. Even even those three words tried to put together in a sentence shows you that two things. There is no sense in it whatsoever because that is impossible. You're looking at the end of modern any of your any of life. If you stop oil, you stop life. And then also. Um, the, the 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 nature and the degree of the protests are almost puerile. It's people gluing themselves to a wall next to yeah. a painting yeah. or throwing a yeah. tin of soup on the, on a glass on a glass covered yeah. painting. Well, well, that's just that's clearly invented. That's that's clearly been fermented by, um, but by by basically there's a state element involved in that kind of protest, and also the 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 coverage they get is really disproportionate. For, for the way the, the protest occurs and, and the credibility of the movement. I mean, there's also another one called Insulate Britain, right? And what they did at one point was completely blocked the major orbital arterial freeway around London. I mean, which is absolutely critical for loads of people to get to work. It really fucked people's days up. Now, I don't mind protest. If it's effective protest and that's what you can do, do it, right? But when Insulate Britain had their time in, 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 in the limelight, 
the guy on the guy representing Britain, the insulate Britain, literally said, you know what? I don't really care about actually insulating anything. I don't really care. I just did it to get some press coverage. <laughs> and and he, he just had no sense to him at all. Right. And you're just looking at this going, did, did, the, did the media not work this out before they put him on air? Did the media not go and interview these people before they gave them disproportionate coverage? Yeah. No, because that's not the game, is it? That's it's about pushing an agenda, which is the climate agenda to drive net zero, to drive 2030 agenda. 2030. Sure, of course. And that's that's how that, that's how these things right. get managed. And when and the other one other thing in the UK about Black Lives Matter. So we adopted Black Lives Matter through sporting events where for some reason um sports sp footballers and stuff started taking a knee at games including black guys it's like hang on you you of all the people who shouldn't be kneeling it's you right, right. <laughs> okay and we didn't have, uh, even our even our leader of opposition was taking a knee and then and then funnily enough when black lives matters leader was shown to be embezzling money from the from the thing it all became a little bit politically yeah. difficult and people started backing off a bit over here but it was just showed you that it was just fellowship. But there's, no example, but there's another example where that story go with all this embezzlement with this six million dollar house they bought in, in hollywood hills when, once again if that was the right wing if that was uh the, the proud boys would you ever hear the end of it yeah yeah not, not only was the end of it they'd, know, be, they'd be the fbi would break in and they'd take it out in handcuffs this not, nothing happened yeah. with blm nothing she comes out and she uses race just like all these women especially black women all they do is use race to try to to try to scheme. Like she comes out and she says, "Oh well, you're you're questioning the black well because a black woman because black people spend money the certain way. You're racist by questioning it, you know." And they say that to scare people off, right? They do that to scare the media off because the left wing media is so easily scared by that race baiting bullshit. Just like the ridiculous to show that they'll use that race uh, issue to get off the hook on anything. The mayor of New Orleans, who was caught. Flying, you've heard about the mayor of New Orleans, the black female mayor of New Orleans, who was caught flying first class using taxpayer money to fly first class right. instead of coach. And her reason was a black woman is not safe riding coach. That was her what? reason. A black woman oh is not God. safe riding coach. And you should not question when a black woman decides to write to you're a racist. But first of all, oh first of all, God. race, a black woman is not safe in coach. A black, you know, there are too many people in coach, even though her security were in coach. How ridiculous. Her security was in coach and she was in first class. And how dare you question a black woman? You're a racist by questioning a Jesus. black woman. Once again, they use this because they know it's like going boo to the left wing media. That's it. But did she get away with that? Uh, she got away with it for a while. Now she kind of says she'll pay the money back, maybe. I mean, she should. Of course, of course she, well, she should be avoided out of office or recalled, or whatever they have to do there to get rid of her, because she's obviously a corrupt scumbag. But like I said, yeah. she uses that issue of race, and they always do it. How dare you question if a if a black person, especially a black woman, does something untoward or even illegal? How dare you question it, you racist? This is what they do because they know they can get away with it, like a child can get away by taking a tantrum. I didn't I didn't see this until very, very recently. And I think in some ways, the beautiful simplicity of this, I do agree with. It's that moment when Morgan Freeman was being interviewed by somebody who started asking questions about race and Morgan Freeman gets frustrated and he says, look, why are you making everything about race? Why do you talk about race like this? And, you know, and essentially um, 
the, 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 the interviewer says, well, how, how would you stop racism then, Mr. Freeman? And he said, well, I'd stop, I'd stop talking about it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't start, I wouldn't, I'd stop you talking to me saying that I'm a black man and I'd stop calling you a white man and we just get on with life without talking <laughs> how about dare race. He? Because, oh my God. You know, yeah, exactly. And, and that's, that's a grotesquely simple yeah. thing, but it's true. Yeah. It's like race stops being an issue when it stops being an issue. And if you want to use it as a defense or a form of attack or a form of label, you constantly make yeah. it an issue. Um, you know, I, I, I mean, I can't believe that she tried to say that, that about traveling and coach. It's like, it doesn't even, that is so embarrassing because you just go, okay, how many people have been attacked in a plane ever? It's, 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 it's less yeah, than it's, half a percent ever. And how many yeah, of those people well, are hey, black? We need a law that says black women always get first class tickets. <laughs> yes. Legis yes. Legislate it, yeah, we black women. <laughs> Affirmative action. Yeah, affirmative action, first class tickets, all the time. It's, look, it's, we know it's absurd. The whole thing's absurd. And Morgan Freeman, by the way, do you remember when they tried in the height of Me Too a few years ago when they tried to Me Too him for complimenting women mm. that interviewed him? Did you see that? Do you remember that? Uh, okay. I'm yeah, vaguely, there's an older guy, guy you know, young, a young girl is interviewing him, and he said things like, it's very flattering. You look very nice in that in that dress. You look very nice. I mean, he didn't. You know, never touched them. He just said, "You look very nice." That's very yeah. flattering. They wanted to meet too the guy. They wanted to meet too poor Jesus. old Morgan Freeman. <laughs> you know, it's so it's so stupid. The whole thing is so idiotic. And in the future show, maybe tomorrow, maybe next week, I'm also going to get into. Thank God, I think the Me Too movement is starting to fade a little bit now. Do you notice that? We haven't heard about it in a while. But but all, yeah, all, every I, trial. I think, I, yeah. That Kevin Spacey goes, he, he wins every case. He won the case with Anthony Rapp. Of course, that's not covered by the left wing media. It's not covered that Kevin Spacey, every accusation he's been accused of, he's been acquitted. Every single one. But yet Kevin Spacey still can't get a job anymore. Why is that? Why is that? He has not been found guilty of I'm one sure. thing. In fact, Cause, he's cause... been found not guilty twice now in a court of law. And yet the man still can't get new work. Why? Yeah, I mean, the th okay. I, I I've got to admit, I'm a, I'm I am still I haven't gone near the case details, and I should do before I form an opinion. But I just kind of hmm, my natural inquisition inclination towards um, Hollywood abuse is probably in favor. But I'm biased a bit towards. Oh no, the victim, no, Kevin Spacey. But I'm also... Kevin Spacey has, is a noted creep. He's a creeper, but but yeah, still, exactly. Does that mean right. his whole career should end? Think, think of all the evil things that, forget about Weinstein, but think of all the evil things that studio producers have done through the years. Really evil things that people mm. in Hollywood do. Yet many of them continue yeah. to prosper. They continue to get work, okay? No, Kevin Spacey is a known mm -hmm. creeper. I know someone, actually, I won't get into it, who was, you know, kind of creeped on. Nothing illegal, just creeped on, made feel mm -hmm. uncomfortable, a little uncomfortable by Kevin Spacey. I think mm -hmm. that is most of what Spacey has done. He's kind of made some people feel a little uncomfortable, mixing the worst the workplace with his personal proclivities. But I don't think. But once again, but Kevin Spacey has never been has never been like uh, convicted of raping anyone, of sexually abusing anyone. Okay, so the fact of the matter is, should mm -hmm. he, in other words, should him being kind of a little creep, sometimes making people feel uncomfortable, should that end his livelihood? Or, or should people just say, look, Kevin, we know, we know your thing now, okay? It's a different time now. Cut this shit out. 
cut the shit out, and that's it. And believe me, I think if he got a good stern, cut the shit out if you want to work again, and if you ever do it again, you're you're out. I think he'd probably I think he'd probably adjust his behavior at this point. But I, I don't think Kevin Crazy Kevin Spacey is a criminal. I don't think he's a criminal. And the two times he was brought to court for these things, he was acquitted. So either they're totally fabricated, or the jury felt they were totally fabricated stories, which is most likely the case. Or obviously they couldn't be proven at least, right? So the fact, once again, this whole thing of guilty, we see this a lot now, right? Guilty until proven innocent, or still still guilty even after proven innocent. It's very dangerous. A, a hockey player, it just happened with a hockey player, Ian Cole, right? You heard about yeah. this, where these women, young, these girls accuse him of being like a groomer. Of like going after underage girls, right? And yeah. the NHL, okay, the NHL did a whatever they, you know, they did their little investigation for a few days and found there were no, there was no proof that any of this happened. In fact, they could not even get the accusers to talk to them about it at all. They wouldn't right. talk to them, so they said, "No, he's he's scot free." Now, this is the problem with the day and age we live in: is that a, a person, especially a woman, but even with Kevin Spacey's deal, men now can simply accuse someone of something, and the accusation makes you persona non grata yeah. no matter if you're guilty of those things or not that is the yeah. problem I mean, it's a deliberate tactic that well. is the problem yeah that's the problem and so we're going to get to a point where that happens so often that the people who are actually guilty of things people are not going to believe that they're guilty of those things because there's so much yeah. of this yeah. crap going on where a person can simply say in other words look i don't like you oaf I don't like you. You did something in my life to me that I don't like. You know what? I got nothing to lose. I'm going to come out and say you did this to me just to fuck you up. And I can. And I yeah. can. Is that fair? No, of course not. Because it's the weaponization of sexual abuse charges, which is what's used against Julian Assange, for example. Right. It's a good, very good point. That's a very good point. Yeah, you're, you're yeah. right. And um, I, I agree with your. I agree with your point. It, it 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 is actually very much worth saying that frankly that is that is the point of the criminal justice system the the only ambiguity is that we i think we both know that in many instances of kind of rape allegations it's actually very hard of course to it is because it's one person um, one later past a certain point yeah, of right. time if you don't have the physical evidence and you haven't got a report right. immediately right the only whatever, thing you have if you report then, immediately then you have some you could have medical evidence right you can have medical evidence. But other yeah. than that, unless it's a camera or recording or medical evidence, of course it's very hard. It's it's he said, he said, or she said, she said, or he said, she said, right? That's the way it goes. That's the way it goes. Yeah, and this is and this a major failing in the Me Too movement because because basically, even if it's true, right, then you know that there's a problem with legitimacy because anyone can say anything at this point, knowing that they never really were going to pursue a claim. It's just that they yeah. add up. Well, the lesson in this is, as hard as it may be, and I understand it's very hard, I I get it, you have to to report these things as soon as they happen, right? In other words, if you Mm. want justice, something bad that happened to you, as hard as it may be, you need to follow up on that immediately, just as if someone robbed you, just as if some, you know, someone shot you, (laughs) obviously, you have to report it immediately. You cannot wait 10 years. You can't. You just can't. And if you do, I'm sorry, it's too bad. All right. You have to be able, mm. you have to understand that if you want justice, you got to buck up and do it. I know it can be tough, especially for women. I get it. I understand it. But if you want justice, 
If you want to stop these things from happening to other people, you have a responsibility, don't you? Right. In other words, th- take that. Mm. I don't want to get too much into this rabbit hole, but something happens like that to you. You don't report it, and then it happens to seven other people because you didn't report it. Right. Think about that. You have to take some responsibility for that. Those seven people after you would yeah, not have had that happen to them if you had reported this. You have to get the courage to do the right thing. Hey, and I'll use it. I'll use the, the, the COVID era for the greater good for other people. And if you don't, then you know what? You're out of luck. What can I say? Because like you said, the more time yeah, that passes with these things, the harder they are to prove. Right. Now, the exception is like Harvey Weinstein. Right. A lot of that stuff was reported much more, years, decades later. But I think there was enough of it, right? He did it to so many women that there was this groundswell. And, you know, I'm sure he talked to people. I don't know all the, I don't know all the details of Harvey Weinstein, but I think they have tons of evidence um, that, it had, that he did these things. You know, so that's a different story. Someone who's a serial, what do you call it, rapist? Uh, you know, serial yeah, sexual abuser, much more likely to, 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 to be caught and to face the consequences that someone that might do it once or someone that might do, you know, little things that are annoying, like Kevin Spacey, little things that you might consider possibly crossing the line. That's much tougher, much tougher to prove. Like this thing with Anthony Rapp and Kevin Spacey, that Kevin Spacey sat on him for a minute. I mean, and then 20, 30 years later, he's reporting. That's tough. I mean, how do you, you know, that's, that's, that's very difficult, you know, it's yeah. like, it's, it's kind of silly in a way. Well, uh, and Britain's, Britain's had its fair share of this because you obviously must know about Jimmy Savile, the serial, insane, psychotic, well, sociopathic, psychotic uh, rapist. No, what's his name? Holy shit. I can't believe you don't know this. Okay, so look up Jimmy think, Savile on the web. Yeah, we right? Not only will you... Yeah. Not, <laughs> honestly, not, on, not only will you wonder how somebody who looked and acted like what's that what's could his actually last name? be... Savile? It's Jimmy oh, Savile, S-A-V-I-L-E? No. Yeah, a that's radio right. Personality? Yeah. Uh, well, radio and TV. Oh. I'll stick his name in the comments now, so oh, you can oh see him. Oh my god! Right? Look at him. But, look, um, he looks like a nut job. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. But look, he he was pr- a premier TV radio charity personality in Britain. Now it gets worse, right? Because not only did he ha- was he doing top of the pops, you know, our, on on our, our number one music show, he had unfettered access to young children. Because he did children's TV and charity, uh, men and women of all kinds through his TV and his charity work, right? But also, get this, not only did he go to have dinner at Christmas with the Prime Minister several times, I think it may have been up to 12 times at Chequers, the second home of the Prime Minister, but uh, Margaret Thatcher, but also... He was given the keys to a mental hospital in London called Broadmoor, where the world, where Britain's then most notorious child killer Ian Brady was locked up. He literally had the keys to walk in and just hang the fuck around and do anything he wanted oh in that God. place. And he was no one but a TV guy, right? And the, and basically, the BBC completely enabled his entire access to abusing people, and. All of this stuff only came out after his death, even though people in the BBC admitted they all knew what was going on. So what it means is Britain and the BBC is a culture which has totally enabled um, the grandest scale of um, child and sexual abuse, adult and child sexual abuse by him over decades. 
And that technically makes the BBC a criminal enterprise, but nobody wants to deal with that. And we all still have to pay our TV license. And I, look, if you go on Wikipedia, there's, there's pages and pages of this guy. Yep. Exactly. Pages. Exactly. I'll, I'll read through it, but it's, it's a lot of stuff to read through. But it's, yeah. So, so all of this came out after he died, basically. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, people knew about it before. Loads of people knew about it before. But it only really came out into the public arena as Jimmy Savile is a psychotic, or was, a totally psychotic serial sexual abuser and child yep. rapist after oh he died. Oh, my God. Yeah, look at this. Yeah. All about the BBC but, comments. and There's also, there's also a theory that um, Savile also knew who, which of the British MPs were nonces, and that's possibly why... Thatcher maintained communication with him because she could essentially say, right, Jimmy, tell me who the nonces are. And then he would basically give them some intel and she would be able to use that politically against within within the, within political circles. That's one theory, but it's not entirely proven. But you've got to ask the question, what was Margaret Thatcher doing, inviting, hanging around at any point? With so Jimmy it's, it's, it's like, he even had like access to the royals. Of the UK, basically, is that where... Uh, yeah, way where yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, you could you could sort of argue that he was a pre a nineteen sixties to nineteen eighties Epstein in a way. And yeah. all these people knew him. All these wealthy people and politicians out with him and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, but the thing is, his case actually opened a door into other abusers. So there's a guy called Stuart Hall who was a, who was basically he was he used to do local news, regional news. But he also had a very rich, deep voice, and he did um, voiceovers for certain sporting events and stuff like this in the football commentary. And everybody loved him, right? He was like kind of like a bit of a national treasure. But when this stuff with Savile came out, and then there started to be police investigations into historic abuse, he turned up. His name turned mm -hmm. up, right? Now, initially, he he completely denied everything, and he was about eighty by the time these these uh, allegations came out. And and what he was alleged of doing was 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 raping oh, children oh right yeah and he initially denied it and then about three cases were going to go to court and in the end although he completely flat out denied it and even made public video statements denying it when he got into court he 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 pled guilty you know how long he went to court he, he went to he went to prison for 3 years and i think yeah and i think he did 18 months or so and he, and he came out before he died and he came out about 84 years old right uh, I think he recently died, right? But what again? What when you read into how he did his thing, he was enabled by the BBC. The, the BBC producers knew what he was doing; they allowed him to do it. He was he he would prey uh, on on school children. So he would go to a school and say, "Hey, it's me, Stuart Hall from TV." He would identify a vulnerable girl in that environment. He would then go back, maintain a contact with her, bring her to Granada Studios, right? You know, TV studio, studios, sure, put her in a yeah, fucking, yeah. you know, put, put, her in a, put her in a dressing room and rape her, right? And, 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 and the BBC knew that this was going on and they allowed it to happen. That's the level of kind of where this is ingrained in, in British society. It's it's bad. Just, just to quickly, I'm looking at the findings of this Seville thing. The results of the investigation made public by Hunt on June, tw June 2014. The report included that Seville sexually assaulted victims, as you said, in NHL hospitals over several decades. At Leeds General Infirmary, 60 people, 6-0, including both staff and patients, stated they had been abused by Seville. Their ages ranged from 5 to 75. 
report on a yeah. number of organizational failures, which should yeah, you think, which allowed him to continue unchallenged. Hunt apologized. There you go. Hunt apologized to the victims of the assaults and said the findings will shake our country to core. Oh my God! It was reported that Seville had boasted to nurses and other staff that he had performed sex acts on the bodies of deceased persons in the mortuary. Oh, what a sickola! of the general hospital yeah. and claimed to have removed glass eyes from corpses. Oh my God. And made them into rings. This guy's like Dahmer on steroids. This is Dahmer times a million. The report says we have no way yeah. of proving Seville's claims. Look. Oh yeah. There's no way of proving. I'm, he, I'm sure he said this when he didn't do Oh, this guy's a sicko. Yeah. He had unsupervised access to the mortuary. How do you have, un, how do you have unsupervised access to a mortuary? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, why? It's, it's just, why on earth would a culture do that? And this guy doesn't exactly look like we Brad did. Pitt. He looked like, he looked like a psycho. No, he looks like a pedophile. <laughs> yes, if you were to cast a pedophile, you'd have this guy. I mean, this is, if you want yeah. to look him up, Jimmy Seville, S-A-V-I-L-E, on Wikipedia. Everyone can look yeah. more into this if you want to. This is insane. Is it, am I looking at a list of 32 hospitals? It says. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, honestly, this guy had had this whole. If you look at up uh, on uh, YouTube, Top of the Pops, Jimmy Savile, you'll see him clearly molesting women from behind whilst he's on camera. They're shaking because he's grabbing their asses or doing something else to them, right? And they all sounds look like, a bit sounds like Biden. Sounds like Biden. And, yeah, yeah, it's 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 a it's akin to that, right? And um, he was actually interviewed by Louis Theroux with this British interesting interviewer um who does who, who has an interesting disarming style and he went up against jimmy savile and even then jimmy savile still came out with some dark intimations of stuff on camera right and you're looking at it going fucking hell you know how has this guy got away with this but what it is is a really deeply dark sad indictment of british society because we actually not that happened in plain sight and it was institutionally enabled. It was it, across all of these institutions. This is the most amazing, right? Disgusting now, when, yeah, exactly. What is it? What does that say about the inherent shortcomings of British society that that was possible? And, and, and the thing is, it's not okay. been corrected, right? That's not, there's been no formal correction of those yes. things, right? So what the hell else goes on? Well, so I don't know, but it's not. There have been documentaries good. made about this? Um, I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, actually, I think there has been, but I've just never wanted to sit down and watch like anything about like the world's biggest serial rapist. But um, I think well, there has yeah, been. I can't believe oh, there I, hasn't I, been a major film made about. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, would you want if you were going to be? No, I, it's actually, not, let's it's not see, exactly. Um, you know, it's not exactly happy fair, but I mean, you know, it's. <laughs> no, I mean the thing is, as well as an acting role, would you really want to depict him? I wouldn't. Well, that's an actor's job. I mean, look, people have depicted Dahmer and. John Wayne Gacy and a lot of other sick people too. So, I mean, I don't know if that's, I would think it would be a great role for most. I mean, the fact of the matter is this, this, this is amazing. That I'm only hearing this from you today. Uh, yeah, it, 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 I know. It's, well, it's a national shame here. Jimmy Savile, here's a channel five documentary, uh, 45 minutes on it. I've not seen it, but uh, yeah, that, that's what that, that it's in the, it's in the chat link for you. Um, but yeah, bad. So the, the the funny thing is, though, the Me Too movement is in the name. The problem with the Me Too movement's name is it kind of also says it's got an ambiguity. It could be, yeah, I am a victim. I am a legitimate victim of this, too. 
right? But it's also like bandwagonism. Yeah, me too. You know what yeah, I mean? Of course. Of course. But this is what I mean. Look, this is something. Look at this guy. They, they find out he gets away scot-free, right? He died, right? Natural causes, I'm guessing. Yeah. So yeah, he, he gets yeah. away with all this scot-free. It's not after he's dead that he, they find out he did this stuff. And this is the most, this is really, I think this is one of the most horrible cases I've ever, ever heard of. It is the worst case of, of, <laughs> yes. of serial abuse yes. ever. And, um, and yet, you see, that's the problem. Then you have, then you have things like, this is what I also, I spoke about when, Al, remember the Al Franken thing? When he was at the, they, they, they kicked him out. And of course, a lot of the Democrats were the reason why he was kicked out. These, these Me Too right. woke individuals. When all Al Franken was accused of was doing that thing at the, what do you call it? What was that? What do they call those things? The, uh, uh, the things he used to do with the, with the soldiers. I forgot the name of it. I forgot. Hang yeah, on, well, you're, on, they don't do that here. Whatever, you know. And they do those things where they go, where they go entertain the soldiers at war. Oh, right. right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. Like the Bob yeah, yeah, Hope yeah. thing. Yeah, the Bob Hope stuff. And, and those are known to be racy, right? The soldiers, these people, these, these poor guys have, and women have nothing. So they're, they're known to be racy, do racy humor. And so they have that photo of Al Franken with one of the women he's doing the show with and she's sleeping and he's got her hand, his hands like going close to her tits. Not, not, not even touching them, like, like 10 inches away, you know, like a little, like a little, like an okay. 18 year old might do in high school or college at a frat party or something. <laughs> and that is the big thing with Al Franken, that he did this, not while he was Senator long before he became Senator, when he was doing these comedy shows, which were known to be racy. And all of a sudden this mm -hmm. comes out, and what, he's got to be expelled because of this? And he was. And so I look at that and I say, the problem with those kinds of things is then the Al Franken thing, this absolute nothing, is on equal footing with something that's, I wouldn't say Jimmy Seville, but on equal footing with something that's much, much more horrible, that someone should be ostracized for, that someone should be prosecuted for. These things can, should not be on level playing fields. Why was Al Franken's career destroyed over nothing, over nothing? Then you look at a guy like Jimmy Seville, the horrible things he did, and he got away with it, right? So, yes, mm. I know. I know, Mike, it's not a fair world. I understand that. I get, I get it. It's not a fair world. But we have to stop doing this because then something that's very minor becomes – it's put on the same level as something that's very major, and that's the problem. That, that's, that's the problem. Yeah, I mean – Without, without wanting to drag this out, though, the real, a real strange evolutionary danger or, which connects this into identity politics is this concept of paedophilia being relabeled as minor attracted persons. Oh, well, that, that, that's, that's, that's ridiculous. That? I mean, I, that's, yeah, it that's, is. That's, but, this, but this is an a, a actual... Um, direct attempt to 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 legitimize that phenomena and and change the perception of it and it's actually being tolerated by some sections of society and i think that that's the most insidious um evolution of this agenda that has to be that has to be f taken head on you know it's not legal it never will be legal you should not try to rationalize it you should basically just say this 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 cannot this cannot be tolerated under any circumstances. No, it's cool. by the way, it's called the USO tour. That's what I'm talking about. A, a USO tour. Yes. The, the, the right. Al Franken thing was he had a picture where she's sleeping in 2006 and he's got like a, you know, he's putting his 
kind of his hands on. First of all, she has like a, a Kevlar vest on. So he's not even putting his hands on her tits. He's putting his hands on the Kevlar vest where her tits are and smiling while she's sleeping. And she she claims, now, of course, this is what? This is 11 years later, right? So this is after he's been a U.S. senator. He was a you know comedian. He's an actor. So 11 years later, she comes out and says, he forcibly kissed her on a tour during a rehearsal for a skit. And that's it. And this photo comes out. And because of that and the Me Too movement being at its height during that, the Democrats force Al Franken out of office. God knows some of the things those senators must have done, right? <laughs> during their lifetime. And they're, no problem. But poor Al Franken. Because of the time. Once again, this was 1975. He wouldn't have been forced out of office. And maybe even now. Maybe. But it happened right in the height, 2017, of the, of the Me Too crap. So he was caught up in that. And think about that. It becomes kind of a, that becomes like kind of a what? Like a group thing thing, right? Where something happens, it becomes this big thing that we're going to go after guys for doing these things that we now consider untoward, where at the time it wasn't a big deal. And people come out and say, you know what? Yeah, you know what? I'm, I, I, I don't like that guy too much. That, that, I, I don't like him. You know, he did something to me in my life that I don't like, so I'm going to come after him now because I know the groundswell is there with me now. And that's the problem. That is the problem. And I, I, and I totally get the times have changed. But I also have some kind of sympathy for men, especially older men. This was not the – when I was in radio in the 90s, this is the 90s, not the 60s, not the 50s, not the, the 70s, the 90s. Things happened that if I reported them now, those people would be gone. They would be gone. And it was nothing. It was really nothing, right? This was the 90s. And it was just accepted that people at a workplace who were friendly, who saw each other all the time, would do things, would say things sometimes that were just kidding, that were just maybe a little bit over the edge, a little bit over the line. And it wasn't a big deal, okay? But now, forget about it. I, I mean, a lot of those things would not be accepted. Recently, I was at a, uh, an, I was in an office, and I hadn't been in, I haven't been in an office, I haven't been in an office setting in a long time. And I went into the bathroom, and there was like a, uh, a toilet, a, a paper towel holder. And I swear to God, it, was, it looked like a dildo. It looked like a dildo that people put, and I said to the, a, a guy, who I know who worked there. I said, you know what? When I was working in the 90s, I could have said to a, a colleague of mine, look at that. Doesn't that look like a dildo to you? And it would have been perfectly fine. They would have laughed. I can't say that now. Why can't I say that in the workplace? I'm not chubbing up someone's ass. I'm not saying I want to put that up your ass. I'm simply saying, doesn't that paper towel holder look like a dildo? Ha, ha, ha. But now that would not be accepted. As banal as that seems, I could get fired for saying something like that now. Is that is that is that right? Yeah, I mean, is that fair? Well, so the problem for me is that 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 kind of is your your right to free speech to say that, right? But also, there's a the, the reverse of it is that in law now, there's the, the people taking offence has been partially legitimised in law, and it's that that you would fall foul of by somebody saying, "I I've been offended by Mike using this language, and therefore I want to call that." sexist or discriminatory or potentially but, hateful but, depending but, on what but, it was but said, in, right? the, in the world of common sense in the world before it went topsy-turvy it would have to be me having power over somebody you see yeah. me having power over them where i could fire them or demote them 
that that can be used. I understand that, but not a colleague on on similar footing or above me. You know, but you know, yeah, and and also because it, because it becomes down to this kind of like highly subjective, ill-defined offense scenario. What what it what it actually begins to become akin to is again another Orwellian form of thought and speech control because you are actually suppressing speech, aren't you? And you're stopping people from communicating, and then you're stopping people from expressing themselves, and you're and you're causing people to silence themselves for fear of crossing lines that they don't really know where those lines. The real are problem, my friend, is that people are too easily offended. We're we're a world, we're a country of snowflakes. We're a world of snowflakes. Everyone mm-hmm. is so easily offended at everything. Like that woman who said that Elon Musk shouldn't have fired that CEO because she made Twitter a safe zone for people's eyes. It's so ridiculous. How easily offended mm. we are these days. And this is what real comedians will say. They can't do their stand-up routines anymore. People, comedians cannot do their stand-up routines anymore. They have to strip all the really funny, edgy stuff out of it. Because people are so easily offended. If you're so easily offended, don't go mm. to a comedy show. You know what? If you're so easily offended, don't work around others. Stay at home. Don't mm. do anything. Work from home. We are human beings. We interact. We talk a lot with each other. We're not always perfect in what we say. Things aren't always perfect when they come out. Sometimes they come out because of you know nervousness. It's amazing to me that we're out of position now, and I hope this is going away. I really do. I hope this is going away, where people are so easily offended and looking to lash out at people who, quote-unquote, offend them, offend their uh, sensibilities, you know, and, and to me, that's that's it, it's just a very, very dangerous place to go. But you know why? Because those people who are claiming someone else offends them, maybe one day they'll be accused. It'll come back to them of offending someone else when they didn't intend to do that. Uh, it, it's it's dangerous. It's 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 a, they say the word where they use slippery slope, but it's more than that. It's like it's like sliding into the abyss. We, we can't allow this to continue. At some point, we had, and someone yeah. just did. Was it? Wasn't it just some company? What company was it that just said that political correctness and woke doesn't go here? And if you're easily offended, don't work here. I forgot. Do you remember what company that was? I'm not sure, but there was a there was an American razor firm that's well, yeah, doing but it. Well, yeah, also, also a major corporation said political correctness and wokeness and this easily offended thing does not is not going to is not going to is not going uh, uh, to go in this workplace. If you're no. one of those people. Yeah work somewhere else you're not wanted here and oh i forgot and they said they said come to us we'll give you a month's pay it will give you a month's severance but come to us if the, if you're an easily offended person who believes in this woke politically correct bullshit and you can go find the job somewhere else i think that was fantastic mm. i think that you're not yeah. forced to work here you're not forced to work here that's what it, yeah I'm, I'm 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 really hoping that the wokeness the madness of woke is the thing that kills itself it, it, it will burn out within five years because people trying to operate inside it will, real, will realize it's logistically impossible. Like neo pronouns are c- clinical insanity. There's a video of this uh, chubby funster s- trying to explain neo pronouns, and she says they're literally neo pronouns uh, are a great thing. There's literally millions of them. Well, that's wrong for a start because there's not millions of words, right? But what she's saying is that she literally on TikTok says I'll, I'll just take you through and I'll, I'll use it well it's not a neo pronoun it, it is a pronoun and she goes 
and then and then she she so she says it and she does this stupid example of of buying ice cream right and then and then she says and now i'm going to use hue hues hume meaning it's kind of like um just for people if you're just feeling human but like i don't have any gender identity i just identify as a human it's great for that and it's like and she's she's actually having to explain how to use this invented pronoun of who hue hues hume and just looking at this going fuck me how how this isn't completely insane to you in the first place is is beyond me you know she's just making up words and making up a rationalization based on a completely invented notion of of an 82 long list of genders that was somebody else invented right and you're just going this 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 isn't going to last long this isn't going to this most people are not this stupid Right. And most people are not this specialist and most people are not this minority interested. It's going to burn out. I hope, I hope you're right. I, you know why? Because I tell you what, this might seem like a small thing, but it's, it's going to become a very dull, boring place to live. It really is. Very yeah. dull and boring. Is that, are, you, are you playing something? <laughs> no, that's not me. Do you know where that's coming from? No. Where the hell is that coming from? <laughs> you sure that's not you? Definitely not me. Uh oh. I think we're being I think we're being what do you call it? What do you call it? Spammed being hacked. It's good. Well look, I'll I'll hang up I've had you on the phone that's for right. far that's too that, long. That was a good conversation. So, it's, Thank it's, you. Thanks. Likewise. Cheers, Mike. I'll catch you soon. Well that was odd. Where was that coming from? You know what it's like? It's like it's like the show has gone longer than usual. It's like it's like the Oscars are being played off. I think maybe that happens when you get close to doing two hours on here. I gotta talk to David Sachs about that. Look at where's that coming from? How bizarre is that? I'm the only one speaking. We have eight people listening. Holy crap. Is that you? Mike. Yeah. Mike, this is Daniel. You've got didn't you hear other noises? I've been brushing my teeth. And doing all kinds of stuff. You, you, did you not disconnect me? No, no. You're you're listed as a listener. You're not listed as a caller. Yeah, that's that's interesting. You see that? You're listed. You're list. You, you call so often. They put you. They must have. <laughs> did you? No. Did you? Um, I, I just recently did an update on uh, calling uh-huh. about uh, fifteen minutes before um, uh, you started your show. Did you recently update your call-in um, software? Yes, of course. Well, it does it automatically. Like it, every, you know, it'll. There was there was a, a new one today, a, a new update today, yeah. and um, I... they're always. I got to talk to David Sachs about this. They're always updating the app, and every time they fucking update the app, there's a glitch for at least a day or two. Every time they do it, last one they did, I couldn't share my link. It went to the major regular homepage. Before that, my show wouldn't upload, so I couldn't. I couldn't share it after it was done. Every time they do a fucking update, this happens. What they stop with the updates? It's fine. If it, hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. What does what does Zach's have to pay? Where do they have to use their? It's ridiculous. I'm, you know what? I'm going to talk to David Sachs about this. If he doesn't, if he doesn't sharpen up, Elon Musk is going to buy call in. Yeah, you know, I, I'm just surprised that you weren't complaining of other noises. I've been. Hey, is that, like is, that said, playing, is that you playing guitar? Flushing the toilet. Is that you playing running water? Was that you playing What's guitar? That? Oh, I was just working on some, some, some briefly some ideas that were in my head. So it's just uh, 
uh, doing some improvising. Hey, good and, good, um, things, good yeah, thing was, you didn't put on Pornhub. That that would have been a problem. It was all your all your work. Yeah. Um, so, so so anyway, yeah. That's geez, Jesus Christ, David, David Sachs. If you're listening, and he probably is because he's probably a third person online here. <laughs> no, uh, it's, it, I swear, as you can see, as you can see on the page here, you're listed as a listener, not a caller, right? And when, yeah. when I click on you, all I can do is invite to speak or ban you. That's it. There's no, there's nothing that says remove you as a caller or disconnect you. You, but you were disconnected. Are you there now? Well, that's interesting. Now you're now you're gone. Even though it lists you as a, this is very bizarre. This is well. We'll see if it happens again tomorrow. But now that you've put yourself up online to call in, you're gone. How bizarre! How bizarre! And I couldn't even, I couldn't even mute you. I don't know. You know what? Once again, whenever they do these these app updates, it's usually a day or so that there's a problem. So we'll see if it continues tomorrow. If it does, if it does. I'm going to uh, I'm going to have to uh, hit up uh, Sachs on Twitter and see if he can figure out what's going on. But anyway, this is what happens when you do a two hour show. This is the longest. This is a record. This is almost a two hour show. It's the longest show I've ever done. It's the longest show I've ever done. Elon Musk has has inspired me. Has, has Elon Musk has inspired me. And I think it's a great day. And I want to end on this note. I think this is a great day for democracy. I don't think I'm overstating that. We'll see where this goes. But I really, really think that this is going to be it's going to make Twitter so much better. It really is. And just the fact that he's going to get rid of these bots. And th- another thing I'm going to suggest is that those blue that blue checkmark hierarchy system of bullshit has to go. I mean, there, there, there are kids on there who do sports podcasts. Nothing against kids who do sports podcasts, but they get a blue checkmark. And a guy like Jay Bhattacharya, a doctor out of Stanford who's on Fox News all the time, doesn't have one. It makes absolutely no sense. What I would what I would suggest Elon does is we all have to verify we're human beings. Okay, we have to verify we're not robots. And everyone who does that gets a blue check mark. Then you know the person is a real person, not a bot. That's what the blue check mark should be. It should be a verification system that someone's real, not this ridiculous hierarchy system of oh, people we say are important get blue check marks. Once again, who's deciding? Who's important? The same people who decide what's misinformation and who should be banned and censored? Bullshit. So a lot of changes still have to be made. And we should all be on, on Elon Musk's case, okay? To get rid of that blue checkmark system, to make sure people are not shadow banned, and get him to come on this podcast. And if he comes on this podcast, Daniel better not be on playing his fucking guitar, brushing his teeth at the same time, or there are going to be problems. <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening. This is a great show. I want to thank Daniel for calling in. And also, um, how would you, you can't say photo bombing it, but audio bombing the show. I want to thank useless Oaf, <laughs> Icky out of, out of London. Uh, and who else called? Did someone else call? Well, those are two callers today. I don't know. I'm losing my mind. Yes. And everyone who was listening, I want to thank you. The show is on Monday through Friday night, 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. on the other side of the pond. It's called And Let's Be Heard. My name is Mike. Kachapoli, Kachapoli, <laughs> and remember, always remember, vote Democrats out of office. 12 days to go. Vote them out now. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you back here uh, tomorrow night.